Hey, you're listening to the Bring Your Book Podcast. I'm your host, Jad. You can expect to see more podcasts rolling out every Sunday. This week, we're chatting about The Fellowship of the Ring, written by J.R.R. Tolkien. It's book one of a three-part series, Lord of the Rings. This season, we're focusing on this book. But in order to really have a good understanding of what's going to happen as we move forward, we have to have a good background understanding of when this book was written, who wrote it, why he wrote it, and the themes that are going to be reoccurring. Today, we're going to be talking with Amy, and she's going to give us as much information as she can. The Bring Your Book podcast exists to promote an alternative form of entertainment that creates opportunities for community engagement. Although its target audience is young adults, university students, and young working professionals, BYB seeks to rekindle the spirit of exploration and imagination across all age groups. And now, a word from our listeners. Hey, BYB. This is Kyle calling in. I'm really excited to be reading The Lord of the Rings with you all. Uh, I have heard of it, of course, from the movies, um, but also from sermons, but this will be my first time reading it, so I'm really excited to get into it, um, especially because I was a big fan of the fantasy mythological genre growing up, but it's been a long time since I read any fantasy books, probably since middle school, so yeah, it's probably the reason why I want to read this book. Um, Yeah, also just because I don't do a lot of reading for fun, even though I'm in grad school and do a lot of reading. It's been a while since I've read a whole book just for fun. So yeah, I'm excited to read The Lord of the Rings with you all um, and hearing all of your thoughts. Hi, Kyle. Thank you so much for leaving a voicemail. A big shout out to you. In your message, you mentioned that you're reading Lord of the Rings for fun. And I think that is amazing, especially in light of the reality that as a grad student, you don't have a lot of time. So knowing that you're deciding to make space in your schedule to do something that you actually enjoy just for leisure is fantastic. Thanks so much. And we're going to head into our conversation with Amy, who is a good friend of mine from university. Amy is going to help us dissect information from the prologue. She's also going to talk with us about the author, J.R.R. Tolkien, and how his background informs some of the themes and the elements that we're going to read about and encounter in The Fellowship of the Ring, which is book one of the Lord of the Rings series. Amy is a big fan already. She is from Rhode Island, and in her free time, she likes to read, listen to music, and play instruments. Amy, thank you so much for joining us, and welcome to the show. Thanks so much, Dad. It's great to be on the show, and really excited to be here and be able to get to think about this book a little more. Awesome. Before jumping into the conversation, I want to start by asking, why do you love to read? I mean, I've really loved reading ever since I was a little kid. For me, it's it's really cool to be able to jump into this different world and be able to meet so many different people and really get to see firsthand all of these different ways of life, different experiences, and really be able to think about it as an outside observer. I actually did not read the series 
growing up. I, I read it quite recently, so within the past couple of years, but I sort of read it straight through, maybe over the course of two or three years or so, mm-hmm. uh, and really got into it. I sadly watched the movies before, so a little bit of it was ruined. But oh, the no. Book, yeah. <laughs> the books are nothing like the movies. I mean, they're similar in the story, of course, but the books are just so much richer. There's so much, of course, that the movies have to leave out. And so, yeah, pretty familiar with it. Read it not too long ago and really love the series. That's awesome. You, my friend, are a seasoned fan and I am a true novice. This is my (laughs) first time reading Fellowship of the Ring. And because it's my first time, I decided not to skip the prologue. I was just wondering what you would say to anyone who's tempted to start chapter one of this book without reading the pro. Good idea. Yeah, (laughs) right. So I actually was just going through my copy recently and I didn't think I had read the prologue, but when I went back through the book, I had like had it all marked up and I was like, oh, well, I guess I did read it. (laughs) That's fantastic. (laughs) Yeah, I think the prologue just really gives you the context um, to start the book off. Um, you of course can jump right in and in a way it's a bit exciting to have to figure out everything as you go along right from scratch. But I think, you know, as, as we will soon find out, Tolkien was very into history, very into this crafting of this legend. And so I think he gives that, gives that prologue a reason and, um, really wants us to be grounded in the history we're about to enter into. So I would say, take the, take the few minutes, take the Mm -hmm. 15 to 30 minutes or so and really do read that prologue before. Before jumping in. Yeah. Before we go any further, I think we should give the listeners a bit of a background information about the Fellowship of the Ring, which is the book we're reading, and how it came to be. First of all, the Fellowship of the Rings is book one of a three-part series. Tolkien began writing it in 1939, and he finally had it published in 1954. And this took place in the United Kingdom, also known as England, also known as Great Britain. Okay. In the foreword, he mentions that it took him about 10 years to actually write book one from 1939 to 1949. The book was written in the midst of World War II and itself actually features a major war episode. Some people have said that the war episode that's featured in The Fellowship of the Rings serves as an allegory for World War II. And an allegory is a symbolic narrative, basically. But I'm just curious, you know, about your thoughts, Amy, on this book being an allegory and how you've heard it discussed, you know, maybe in different contexts while you were reading it. Yeah, so from my sort of experience and I guess background knowledge and having heard people talk about the book, there's a lot of sort of discussion about this idea of the allegory, right? Because we have a lot of of writers, you know, C.S. Lewis was a very good friend of Tolkien. And, you know, his Chronicles of Narnia series is something that people tend to be very familiar with and see as an allegory. Yes. But uh, Lord of the Rings is actually not really an allegory in that sense, or from what Tolkien at least says he was trying to do. Mm -hmm. um, It's not a strict allegory. So there Mm -hmm. may be some elements, you know, you talk about the World War, and that was something that Tolkien was right in the middle of. Right. So that definitely had influence on his writing. Right. Um, but we cannot really um, say that there is a sort of one-to-one correlation with, you know, thing A in Lord of the Rings equals thing in real event in history. Right. So not really a strict allegory in the sense that we would think of it. 
Okay, that makes some sense. Mm-hmm. And I think something that that we'll see, you know, quite soon is that Tolkien is really going for a lot more here than just the story. He's he's really trying to hit a lot of different levels. Um, right. We're going to see that in his emphasis on language, on his emphasis of really painting these elaborate portraits of landscape and history and really trying to convey beauty in a very mm-hmm. deep that's not always on a level of plot or something being related in a very definitive way to another thing. Got it. And so I guess like segueing into the author himself, Tolkien, um, what is it that we know about him and his background that can give us some insight into, you know, how he wrote um, Fellowship of the Rings, what sort of elements and themes he probably brought out, and, you know, what about him did he bring to bear upon the writing of this book? Right. From a very early age, Tolkien was very enthusiastic and uh, he was quite fascinated by languages. And we see that, you know, he, he, he went to university, he studied languages all throughout university and eventually ended up becoming a professor of Anglo-Saxon, also known as Old English at Oxford. He was and described himself as a philologist, which is someone who studies languages. And his intense study of and focus on these languages is going to prove to be really important in how he's crafting this, this story in this text. As an author, he was, of course, writing a story, but he was also painting a picture through his words. And we see that a lot in his, you know, plot and his prose, but also in the poetry he writes and the languages he creates in Lord of the Rings. So he uses language very much as a deliberate tool. Um, very much expression. So. Mm-hmm. I would, you know, just say to anyone who's starting out on reading this, um, to just be very attentive, not only to how the words are used to tell the plot of the story, but to really pay attention to the larger things that the words are doing in the text, just like you said. Now that we've covered some ground as it pertains to when the book was written and who wrote it, we find ourselves at another debate. What genre does this book fall into? Why does the genre matter anyway? And what hints do you think it can give us about the characters that we'll be encountering? I think on some level, just having an idea of the genre, you know, that it is fantasy in some sense, although I I might be a little hesitant to just, you know, classify it with that one label because we see a lot of different influences at work. And that's how I like to think of the Lord of the Rings as this amalgamation of a lot of different influences. We have, as we just talked about language, we have his life experience, or we have experiences from his everyday life that he's seeing and wants to really put, you know, into the inner workings of this, you know, fantasy and quotation story. If anything, you know, the fantasy may just be the starting point into which he's weaving all these different elements um, that are going to go on to make up the, the rest of the work. Right. I see. Okay. I think the very important part that we're going to be talking about throughout the season is the theme of the Fellowship of the Ring. And I should say the themes because I think there's more than one. And so here are some that I've come across. Manifestation of evil is something that Lord of the Rings, Fellowship of the Ring as one book as well, looks into and creates a discussion about. So evil, what does it look like and who is being tempted the next theme would be the struggle of the will. What is the moral challenge that a character is being faced with? 
and what is the character experience during this struggle? Choice is the third theme that I would think makes an appearance. And so the idea is how do the characters eventually make their choices? And the final one would be what is the significance of all of the above? What does this mean for the larger story? What does this mean for even the reader themselves? So how does this apply to life and our understanding of the world, whether in the context of the book or in the context of our day-to-day existence? Does that sound about right, those themes? Yeah, I think they do. And I think really overall, when we look at the themes as a whole, it really reiterates our earlier point about how, you know, this is not straight allegory, like Tolkien himself says, you know, it's not a black and white, these are bad, these are good, you know, this is the right thing to do, this is the wrong thing to do. I think what these themes really show us is that overall, Tolkien is leading us to think about individual natures of people, individual choices, and how to really characterize and view those people and those choices and you know, how events play out on a very specific level and Mm -hmm. as being influenced by a lot of different factors, you know, not just a clear black and white sort of situation. We can expect to see characters that are multifaceted. There's no such thing as a purely good character, a purely good hero, and a purely evil character who just, you know, he or she is the bad guy. It's more like the characters we're going to see are going to have challenges that they have to overcome yeah I really like the word that you use there multifaceted you know we do of course see you know obviously evil forces at work we see people who very obviously want to try to do the good thing but there is definitely a lot of nuance even within those characters well I'm looking forward to that I think that's what makes it easier to connect with these characters in a in a way that we can understand as human beings we're going to let a lot of this sink in. We're going to take a break. We're going to come right back and finish up our talk about the Middle Earth. Hey everyone, thank you for listening to the BYB podcast. Today's word of the week is portend. P-O-R-T-E-N-D. Portend. Portend means to give an omen of or an anticipatory sign of something, to indicate, to signify. Let's use the word in a sentence. Few heeded the sign, and not even Bilbo yet had any notion of what it portended. And there you have it. Portend. Now back to the show. Before the break, Amy and I took some time to talk about the prologue, the author, J.R.R. Tolkien, and also the genre that The Fellowship of the Ring falls into. Now we're going to pick up our conversation with the passage that comes near the very end of the prologue. It sets up a nice background for the rest of the book. Let's get right into the conversation. The Finding of the ring and this is really important so amy i'm gonna let you take this one away all right so this is sort of the major event that precedes you know where the lord of the rings the fellowship of the ring is gonna pick up and so it's really important that we have you know if you don't read anything else in the prologue i would really say read this little bit 
Um, and that's the story of the ring. So, and how it was found, you know, Bilbo Baggins is the uncle of Frodo Baggins and, uh, Frodo is going to be, as we will find out soon, one of the major characters in our story. And so Bilbo goes on this journey with this whole company of, you know, others, uh, along with Gandalf. And while they're on their adventure, and this is many, many years before our story begins, but while they're on their adventure, their uh, little accident, as the prologue calls it, takes place in which Bilbo is in this company of orcs. He's about to be in very dangerous waters with them, and he escapes from this company of orcs and ends up in this underground cave. And when he's in this underground cave, he's sort of trying to find his way out, and he happens upon, you know, he falls down and his hand sort of reaches out and he he happens upon this ring in the mud around him. And he sort of, you know, he's like, what is this? And picks it up and puts it in his pocket. And so he's, he's trying to get out of this cave and he ends up running into this very mysterious creature named Gollum. Mm-hmm. And Gollum and Bilbo end up getting into this sort of game, this riddle game that they call it. If Bilbo loses the riddle game, Gollum mm-hmm. gets to do whatever he wants with him. If Bilbo wins the riddle game, then Gollum has to show him out of his cave, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and so they play this riddle game, and eventually Bilbo ends up winning the game. Gollum gets very angry and upset, and Bilbo is able to escape with this ring in his pocket, which actually ended up being Gollum's ring. And, and mm-hmm. Gollum ends up finding out that he's lost this ring, he's, you know, mortified. And he has this sort of weird obsession with it. Um, but the, the really interesting thing about this ring is that whoever wears it can disappear, can be made invisible. And that sort of, you know, this ring has a sort of power to it. Right. And so Bilbo, you know, puts on this ring, is able to escape from the cave and ends up going on his merry way. Him and the rest of his company end up, end their adventure. They end up going back home. And later on, Gandalf, who we will also meet very soon in the story, asks Bilbo to tell him, you know, what is this ring about? He wants to know a little more of the background. Um, And Bilbo gives some sort of, you know, not entirely true to detail um, account of Mm -hmm. the story. He Mm -hmm. sort of, you know, mixes things up a little bit, a little Mm -hmm. shady. Mm -hmm. Um, And Gandalf really tries to get the truth out of him. And is a little, you know, he's like, this is curious because... You know, Bilbo is not really given to lying. He's known Bilbo. And so this is a little bit of an interesting twist that, Uh you know, Bilbo feels like he has something to hide. So, you know, time goes on. Apparently no one allegedly in the Shire really knows that Bilbo has this ring except for Frodo and Gandalf. Um, And as time goes on, Bilbo begins to let go of some of his other possessions. He he gives some of the things away that he, he got on his adventure but the one thing he keeps is this ring, and he always keeps this ring in his pocket with him. Right. Um, and that's that's going to sort of take us right up to where our story begins, and that's in Bilbo's preparations for his 111th birthday party. Wow. And so this is this is where we're left at the end of the prologue, and um, where our very long story is about to begin. Wow. So, Amy, I'm going to say that this was a lot, but it was very necessary. Agreed, agreed. We are now going to be walking into chapter one, fully prepared, knowing, you know, what we're looking for. And I think that it's going to make a positive difference 
on our reading experience. Before we go, I just want to ask, what is your one thing? I would say just as you begin this, you know, this adventure really that you're getting into, um, to keep in mind always that Tolkien had this eye, as I mentioned earlier, for beauty. Um, that he is trying to tell us a story that, you know, in some ways he's trying to, you know, demonstrate some sort of lessons or themes as we touched on earlier as he's writing this. Mm -hmm. But he also is trying to convey a beauty that he sees in language, Mm -hmm. a beauty that he sees in witnessing the lives, the multifaceted lives, as we said earlier, of these characters. And so I would say just as you're reading, like, you know, get into the plot and, you know, discover these themes, mm-hmm. but also be willing to just let the story like wash over you, get into the poetry mm-hmm. and um, really be able to put yourself in a place of wonder uh, mm-hmm. and realize this sort of picture, right? That, that Tolkien is painting, not just a message that he's trying to deliver through his story. Okay. I see. So we need to keep an eye out for the scenery, like as we're reading, as we're going along. Right, right. And how the scenery is being painted, you know, of course, through the landscapes and so on, but also just through the characters, through the choices they make, through, as you mentioned earlier, this character development Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, be in a sort of amazement and awe of how, you know, these characters show us very real things about people and how people develop and how people, you know, sort of change and how that that can be very good, that can Mm -hmm. also be very bad. Um, so yeah, keep an eye out for the sort of more sublime elements in the text. Awesome. Okay. Well, Amy, I really can't thank you enough for walking us through the prologue and just kicking us off. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me, Jad. This was really great. And I look forward to, uh, listening to more of what you have to offer through, uh, the reading of the, of Lord of the Rings. Thank you again to Amy for joining us today. And thank you all listeners for joining in our conversation. I hope you tune in next week. We'll be journeying on to chapter one. And in the meantime, I'd encourage you to call in and leave a voicemail using the Anchor podcast app. Simply search for the name of this podcast, Bring Your Book. And once you get to the homepage, you can leave a message. Leave your name as well as any impressions that you had while reading the particular chapters that we're going to be discussing. Also, let me know who you're reading with. After all, reading is also about engaging with other people. Visit the Bring Your Book Podcast webpage, which is bringbookpodcast.home.blog, or the BYB Podcast Instagram page, which is BYB underscore podcast. Personally, I'd prefer you check out the website, but whichever is most convenient for you is awesome. Thanks again for listening, and I can't wait to talk to you guys next week.